0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Metaphiz. I am Yasmin, still, always, and I am pleased to welcome my sister, aka my Irish twin, aka my couch crash, if things should ever go south, um, my evil twin, although she will dispute that. She's a published writer with essays in the likes of The New Yorker, um, hmm. The New York Times. Is it The New York Times? <laughs> I was like the New Yorker. Yeah, (laughs) the New York Times is great too. Um, She's like, nope, Uh, Huff Poe. She's completed her first novel, and if that weren't enough, she's also a Bill Esper trained actor, and she works at Living Cities, where as a city planner, she is helping communities thrive nationwide. Nad, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: (laughs) I think you pretty much covered it, um, including giving me um, a New Yorker (laughs) (laughs) credit I haven't actually done. A um, Nobel Prize-winning <laughs> author. Yes, carry on. Um, yeah, so I'm your sister. Um, Most importantly. I, yeah, I'm a writer, and I work in the social change space.
0: It's fantastic. Well, welcome to Metaphys Studios. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to talk about cultural identity, and the reason that I wanted to discuss this topic with my sister is because, I mean, I would say like most people's, ours is not so cut and dry and linear. Um, But I think because I have somebody who can really speak to like my experience more, this is like really (laughs) apropos, you know? Yes. Um, And also I just wanted to sort of figure out how to explain the differences between how America maybe defines Cultural identity compared to like, the way that I think about it, say, like, I think that that was kind of a struggle moving here. Like, did you feel like this? What is your nationality thing was maybe a strange question sometimes? Like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like people have uh, progressed past the what is your nationality? And now it's well, I don't know if progressed is the right word. But now it's sort of like, what are you or where are you from? Are yeah, the progress the might current a strong <laughs> word for that. Yeah, but at least it's like um, a correct uh, um, definition. Right. It's not <laughs> necessarily nationality. Like, is really about what country you're from. That was confusing. Your passport and, you know, by nationality we're American. Um, But what they really wanted to know was, like, what's your ethnic background, which is a totally different question.
0: Yeah, that was confusing. And (laughs) I
1: I think they have um,
0: cough progressed into saying, like, just, like, what the fuck are you? But, yeah, I did have a lot of people being, like, what's your nationality? I'm, like, oh, well, do you think I'm not, like, uh, an American citizen? Like, because that's the definition of what your nationality is. Is like, what your passport says, that's your nationality. Like, that's not disputable. Like, you can, you know, be a – black person with two Senegalese parents. And if your passport says you're French, you're French. That's your nationality, right? But in America, people seem to have like a misnomer with that, which was like really confusing at first. Um, But I mean, that also, it sort of flows into the whole confusion that I had in general with people so identifying with these other places that maybe they were culturally connected to. Like hearing someone say, I'm Italian, I'm Italian that doesn't speak a lick of English.
1: It's a strange place
0: to be for
1: me where like I lived in Italy. You know, you did too. You were there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely. I think America is a new country um, comparatively. And I think that people – it's a country that is sort of defined by being this melting pot, I think was what we used to call it. Although I don't know that people – Anymore want to be melted into anything? Um, <laughs> no, they, they're but, scared the race is dying. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think that there is um, because unless you're Native American, uh, your family came from somewhere to come here. Um, I think that people do have these ties to places that their families actually haven't. Uh, lived in you know as in like their feet have not been in the soil of that place for a very long time if ever if ever but they feel of a strong almost sort of like the way that they feel their connection to that place is is similar to how we think about race i think yeah in that it's like it's sort of an abstract um notion and you know race isn't A real thing. Like the only reason that we care about race is because it has been used to decide who gets benefits or opportunities and who doesn't. It's a construct, exactly. And I think in some ways, um, the same can be true of uh, nationality. Right. It is sort of. It seems like it's a bid to like, or an
0: attempt to explain, at best and categorize at worst, right? So like, yeah. I think if I wanted to explain why I have X, Y, Z, like mannerisms or why I have a proclivity to this kind of food explaining this, you know, well, I'm Italian, so this is why I like olive oil. Like I'm Italian, that's why like I'm talking my hands, you know, because you've been around people who like uh, sort of express this way. That's at best. It's like, this is how I have these behaviors, generations of people having these behaviors. Like this is why I kind of have this skin tone. And at worst, it's like, it's just used to um, sort of shove people in these boxes where, like, you're not necessarily uh,
1: forced to deal with disparity sometimes. Um, yeah, and I think there is an obsession with categorizing in America, definitely. And perhaps it's because it's not a homogeneous place. And so mm-hmm. I think it is. there is part of human nature that likes to do that. I also think with some... Um, sort of uh, nationalities that came to America, immigrant communities that came to America. Um, part of the reason that they do hold on to their cultures, which is similar to why, um, you know, similar again to notions of race, is that many, uh, like Eastern Europeans or Italians, were not considered white when they first arrived yeah. in America. Even and even so, Irish. Yeah, and Irish people were not considered white. And so that separation, um, I think, led to sort of... Um, a categorization that we still have. Today. Yeah.
0: No, I actually have friends who are Italian American, I mean, in the distant past at this point. I mean, very uh, blurry connection to the motherland, but that still have these sort of feelings of like they want to bury that culture a little bit, or like not that they did necessarily, but maybe their parents did. Have you like encountered that at all? Yeah. I had a coworker I mean, who had that where it was like, I don't feel like I'm an Italian. I don't feel like I'm Italian at all. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like in this immigrant country where like you don't have to know the language, you don't have to eat the food, like to even just say that my last name is Italian. So probably someone was Italian. It doesn't have to you don't have to prove it in any way. So to completely deny it and try
1: to like, I don't know, separate yourself from it is
0: I don't know, there's something significant there.
1: Yeah. I mean I think it's for the same reasons that, you know, people that we know in the African community want to differentiate themselves from African Americans and make clear Some of that those like people are me at times. <laughs> I'm not African. you know, like people will um try to separate themselves and um, you know, like of course there are differences in culture between mm-hmm. people from African oh, even African less than Americans, Indians. but but often it's because um there are advantages that um In terms of how people perceive you Mm -hmm. and um, unfortunate uh, cultural stereotyping that happens that makes you want to separate yourself. Yeah. And I think um, probably the same was true of the immigrant communities that came from Europe who, you know, Separated themselves from being Italian, wanted to assimilate, change um, their names, yeah. even changed their names. We see that in like Latino communities because they didn't now. want to be maligned. Maybe they wanted a kind of job yeah. they wouldn't. The be quicker able you to be... became white, the better your life was going to be. Yeah. So everyone was very much pushing to become assimilation white. nation. Let's yeah, go even like the Armenian side of our family. Um, Armenians, well, we maybe explain what our, <laughs> our like background is, right? So
0: like people know what we're working yeah. with here. So
1: our father is, um, or was, uh, from ghana um he's dead he didn't change nationality no (laughs) no he passed away um but his family is from ghana and our mother's family um is originally from turkey from a um, sort of armenian enclave in turkey and um emigrated to america as refugees during the armenian genocide and so our mother is second generation american um, but the interesting thing about Armenians is that when Armenians first arrived in America, they were definitely not um, considered white, and they actually petitioned the court to become white and won that court case. I mean, I can't imagine how they wouldn't when the word Caucasian comes from the Armenian
0: language. Which yeah, is one of my but mom's the word, favorite things to
1: say. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But the word, uh, but um, the word Caucasian is sort of a, a recent. Uh, such a weird choice. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange choice. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's a, a recent term, which probably in some ways speaks to um, the success of Armenians in becoming white in America. Yeah, the assimilation yeah.
0: success. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, people consider the Kardashians white, right? I think so. I think ethnically white. The same way people like Greek people are white. No one doesn't think Greek people are white in America anymore, right? But they think of them as an ethnic white. Yeah, I sure. think only wasps groups. essentially are really thought of as like this like special white white. Well, right? they're
1: they're the um they're the default, right? So yeah. Like, uh anything other than somebody who is white Anglo-Saxon Anglo-Saxon um Protestant um is other in some way it needs a or disclaimer. was considered other. Yeah. Jewish. I think like a lot
0: of um Jewish people are, like are just now realizing with our alt-right, you know, wave that's going through, that they're, like, kind of losing
1: whiteness, too, to some extent. again, which, you know, again, they're another group who certainly had to fight very hard to have access to the privilege that comes with whiteness. And, again, you know, the fact that, like, whoever is in charge of these things can decide, which in, you know, many cases with the courts, Mm -hmm. um, but also these decisions were made economically, but um, that someone can become white or lose their whiteness speaks to just how uh, manufactured these notions are in the first place. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in like, uh, forget
0: the big and powerful, even in friend groups, I've been like granted like ceremonious whiteness by someone uh, that I'm like, this is a dubious honor, Oh, I don't thank think you. of you as black. Yeah, oh, 100%. Kind of thing, I've yeah. been <laughs> like, oh, you're not even really black. I'm like, oh, but I am. <laughs> like <laughs> every African-American you've met is maybe 60% less like I'm just talking about like chromosomally and racially I'm not talking about your identity and what you should be proud of and all of that I'm just like as a person who is 50 50 just Armenian and just black with nothing else going on I probably am a larger percentage black than most people people in America I've most
1: African Americans yeah
0: yeah because there's a lot more mixing that has gone on in yeah. the years here uh, why am I even talking about the minutiae of this <laughs> I think every time that I've Said anything more than black when people are trying to figure out what I am, is because then the explain happens. We're like, you sound like a liar. Let me explain. <laughs> so, being a Armenian Ghanaian whose mom is from Boston, right? You could say because I was born in Boston, right? I could choose to say I was bo- I'm in, I'm from Boston. I was born in Boston. Then someone's going to be like, Oh, really? This part Place, of Boston. Yeah. I know what the fuck that is, okay? I never lived there. Our parents worked for the UN, so we moved around every 3 years. I never lived in Boston not once, right? So like then if I'm like I'm African American, some kind of qualification could come up where like it doesn't really make sense. I haven't lived in this country. I'm not even as American as this becomes a lie that I am. Do you yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think the 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 uh, my relationship to America, I think was the most complicated thing for me when I moved here cuz as you said, We didn't grow up in America. Um, Our father worked for the UN, so we moved every couple of years, mostly in East Africa and Europe. So we lived in England and Italy and Uganda and Ethiopia and Tanzania. Um, But we always had these American passports because our mother is a US citizen. And so we always kind of knew that we would come to America for college. But, which is when we moved. Yeah, which is when we moved here. Um, when we were eighteen, separately because we are a year apart. We're not. Actual it sounded twins, like so. we're twins. <laughs> um, She's my older sister by uh, a yeah. year, barely. Yeah. So when I first moved here, um, I felt like I was moving to a place that was really unfamiliar to me, um, and at the same time, I sound American because mm-hmm. uh, we went to international school, and you know, most of the teachers were American and um at some point we we had british accents um but then we had american accents and this is very common with you know sort of what people call third culture kids which are kids who grow up moving around cuz their, their parents we have for a new Yeah there's like a we have a, a name new, now I think it's sort of uh, no I guess it's been around since the 80s but I only recently heard about 3KK? it KK? Yeah I like it um so uh so because I sounded american when I came here I feel like my reception coming to this country was not um, the same as, for example, other international students at my university, where people were like, wanting to tell them about the culture and show them around. Like, I didn't really get that reception because I sound so American. Oh, fully. Um, But it was was an adjustment. It was a big adjustment. I think it was more different in Seattle where I
0: went to college than in New York. Like in Seattle, it was just kind of like, oh, she's black, but like Seattle is really white too. So there was kind of like a more questions about where you're from. Because like, if you're not like Japanese or white, there aren't a whole lot of black people in Seattle proper in where I was. Like it was very white, 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 and some Asian. So like, there was a lot of like, where are you from? Probably trying to figure out (laughs) what part of Atlanta I was from. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? So like, there was that. Um, And so my background was brought up. And so I was kind of treated you know, with whatever uh, manners people treat someone who's a diplomat's kid, not necessarily how they would treat an African American or a black person or even an African immigrant. Like I think that they immediately had to know my whole culture because they asked because I was a black person right. in the Pacific Northwest. Um, whereas in New York, I think the assumption was immediate that I was either some kind of Latino, like or Caribbean person, I think that was like, it was immediate, like, you're half talking to me in Spanish, I'm for sure Dominican, or I'm absolutely from Barbados. Like, and there was no curiosity necessarily, except for trying to figure out what part of the Caribbean I'm from,
1: you know? So. Yeah. I think, I think too, so in addition to, um, often people assuming things about my background because of how I look, um. I would, I mean, I have been any number of things in the US. I've been African American, I've been Dominican, I've been from the Caribbean, even Indian, um, Indian, yeah, if my hair is straight, um, once in a while. Um, And so because of that, I am much more aware of, of the way that I look and race and ethnicity mm-hmm. than I was growing up, um, mostly because we went to international school. And so like, everybody was from everywhere and it just wasn't something that I thought about all that much Um, I think the the most dramatic um, revelation for me though was about blackness and what it meant to be black in America Mm -hmm. um, which you know means very different things all over the world I mean I I feel like When we were in Ethiopia, we looked kind of Ethiopian. And so, like, that was one experience. When we were in Ghana, you know, we're lighter skinned and there's a lot of colorism in Ghana. And so, like, that was a different experience in that, like, they liked that we were lighter skinned. And then in America, blackness has a lot of sort of negative um, connotations and um, a lot of stereotypes um, that – were really disturbing and troubling to me and that I had never really been confronted with elsewhere. I would
0: agree that I hadn't. I think it was a new thing for better or worse for me. And I think being in the place of privilege that I was, I mean, I'm in college, I'm around all these like sort of, i want to say pseudo, um, you know, politically correct people that maybe are saying things that are uh, microaggressions in their own way but um around people who are trying to be sensitive to lots of cultures i yeah i think i almost like had an experience of being ha- a bit of a commodity in a way like it's like oh well this is a black friend i have that's well spoken and like whatever and like can kind of pass and i think my reaction to that i actually got closer to blackness living here mm-hmm. I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't aware. I was never like, I don't want to be black. I just didn't even know or care what I was. I just was, you know, I knew I was proud. I was very connected to my dad because he was our primary parent. And so I felt very whatever he was. I felt very Ghanaian, like even though I didn't ever live in Ghana. Maybe that's an interesting thing too. It's like, I feel like all the places I'm most connected to, I sort of haven't ever lived. Like I feel very Ghanaian in a way. I feel like Ghana's home. Um, And I've Visited there a handful of times, really. You know, I've, I've never lived there.
1: Yeah, um, But that's like, again, that's like, what's interesting about that is that that is culture, right? So like, yeah. regardless of where we ended up living, um, culturally, we were raised Ghanaian. Like, we ate Ghanaian food. Mm-hmm. Our father was very much a Ghanaian man. And yeah, like, I think that's the difference between sort of geography and culture um, and which is why it was like tricky when I came to America because I certainly didn't want to be like, I'm not black because I definitely am black. But the assumption yeah. that I was African-American was I didn't have any issue with people thought thinking that I was African-American. But I also didn't want to claim an experience in a culture that wasn't right. mine. It that started I started to feel dishonest. With, I think yeah. I started to defensively say like,
0: yeah, I'm just black. I didn't even want to explain it more. Just because as I started feeling the negative connotations towards people thinking you were just black or how much they wanted you to be something else, I started to defensively completely shut down the narrative of like this whole diplomatic experience and the whole like, you know, being half Armenian. Cause I'm like, what is your problem with black? I'm just black. Yeah. Why do you want to find <laughs> out what else? Yeah. So I think I had that attitude a bit. But then, you know, the more. <laughs> African-Americans I met and the more disparate experience I saw that they were having, the more I didn't want to be a liar, you know, and I didn't want to be passing myself off of something I'm not. Yeah. So like I have learned to, it depends on the situation. I have learned to qualify it when the situation calls. Well, and
1: I think the, the, the depends on the situation is something that um, I think people who are multiracial, multicultural, multilingual, Um, struggle with. Like I certainly did, because sometimes I will say when someone asks me where I'm from, sometimes I'll just say I was born in Tanzania, which is true, you know, but it it, but it also suggests um, a connection to Tanzania that I don't necessarily have. Um, Although our stepmother is Tanzanian. And so we did grow up around Tanzanian culture as well, but when someone says I was born somewhere, people presume that that's where you're from. Well, the same for me, Boston. And it's funny because we're related, right? (laughs) So here I am, I'm like, I'm born in Boston. You're like, I'm born in Tanzania.
0: We've never lived in any Yeah, and those those things are true.
1: Um, And then, you know, other times I'll say I'm Ghanaian, which is also true, but also complicated. Um, uh, Yeah. And sometimes I'll just say, oh, I'm from New York, which at this point I've lived here 14 years, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, m- most of my adult life. And so, um, but but all of those things are half-truths, I do guess. Do you ever do the really quick, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> my parents work for the U.N. and so I moved every three years?
1: I have that one, too. I do that. I just, it it's just like for... I I tend to do it with people who I want to get to know and who are going to be in my life. I will give yeah. them the story, but I feel like I don't know. I just can't be bothered. Also, to does do everybody it- want your life
0: story? <laughs> I feel like it's important to know what someone's trying to like derive, right? Like, I think if someone's just kind of like, "Why do you look the way you do?" telling them this entire life story, it may be it, yeah, it received a little pretentious.
1: Yeah, but but I will say the shorthand. Or the choosing sometimes gets you in trouble. Like I can remember being like, I grew up in Italy, which is totally true. Yeah. Um and we lived in someone, Italy off and on for ten years. Ten years, yeah. And and I feel very close to Italy and it is a big part of my identity. The only place um, either of us has lived longer is here. Is New York, yeah. And so in many ways I do feel very connected to Italy. We speak Italian and, you know, spent like Um, very important years of our lives Mm -hmm. there, like little kids and high school, you know? And so that's like a big Like I went to a kindergarten that was only Italian speaking. Let that sink in. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, exactly. So I do feel a very strong connection to Italy and I don't necessarily always want to explain it. So sometimes I'll just say I grew up in Italy, which is true, Um, you know, but again, all of these things are half-truths because to explain the whole picture, I would have to dive into this super long story. And um, I've had people in my life um, suppose what that means. So like, just if looking say, at you too, yeah. And and so then like it becomes problematic because then they're like, "You said you were from Italy, but I, your last name is Ghanian." Or you know, like I've had people question or think that I'm lying about things when really I'm just. Trying to respond to an a We're just casual to find question, find an answer that serves, and yeah. I think
0: I was very sensitive to like being coblin Asian. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> Tiger Woods was, I don't know, like kind of coming to fame around the time I moved here. I'm not coming; he had been and like was hitting his peak of fame. And he was going around peddling this weird Koblan-Asian thing, which, which I guess... Which was because he didn't want to he, be black. I really perceived that he was very against... Being black. Black. Yeah, me too. He that's didn't want to be I black. He wanted to be something more than black. And so yeah. here he was saying, I'm Caucasian, black, Native American, and Asian. And so he made up this word that's Koblan-Asian. I didn't want to go around saying I was koblan So I was just <laughs> like, dude, I'm black. All you need to know is that. I mean, that to some extent is like how I'm moving through the world. Am I moving through the world as like an Armenian person? No. No one is going to mistake me for for an Armenian. Like I know what connection I have to that side of my family. It's a beautiful connection. I love it. I love the culture. I know what it means to me. I don't necessarily know how that narrative serves a stranger. I, it's going to confuse them. It's a very long story. It's yeah. just not necessary.
1: Which, which, in, yeah, I totally agree. And, and for, you know, for so many reasons, I, we were raised by our father. And so I, I do feel more connected to the Ghanaian side of my family because Absolutely. it's what I grew up with or the Ghanaian side of my culture. I feel very connected to the Armenian side of my family as well. But the, um, I feel, very Ghanaian, you know. Me too. And, and we should note that our Ghanaian family mostly lives in England too. Yeah. So our Ghanaian experience that we're talking about <laughs> is mostly in the UK. In the UK, yeah, which is another layer. Um yeah. But but what is interesting about the conversation that we're having is so much like it should be okay for us to be all of these things. And the reason that it's complicated that it's so complicated or that we feel the need to qualify or explain is because um, as you said, the reality is that people look at you and decide and, and have assumptions about who you yeah. are and what you are and put those things on you. And so you grow up um, understanding. And when I say people, I mostly mean white people, because what really matters is how white people perceive you in the world, because th- yeah, that is how that's it's decided. Define your, yeah, that's going to define your sort experience. Of your experience. Um, and so for us, like our experience is very much, especially in America, defined by being Women of color, and so regardless of the fact that there is this Armenian side of our family, that is, um, other people got to make a decision about who we were mm-hmm. um, without us really having a say in it. Although I'm, I actually personally am very much fine with being black. I, I really. Um, uh, it's it's a side of my identity that I really embrace and identify with and celebrate. But at the same yeah. time, it is this interesting thing that it's imposed on you.
0: Absolutely. I feel the same way. And I feel like um, because it's the only side that I think felt maligned moving here, it's the side that I've come to the defense of. It's like if you had three children, <laughs> and only one is getting picked on left and right, you're going to be like, don't fuck with that child, right? So like, that's how I feel about my blackness. I don't have to do that for my Armenianness or the fact that I lived in italy Those are just <laughs> fine. Everyone loves those. They're, they work well at parties. The black thing, people pick at and like, they sort of talk about it as though it's like, you do well in spite of it. And so I felt like I want to come to its defense because I actually think it's such a humongous part of what makes me proud to be me. And I mean, it's the part that's my dad, who is the person that I'm related to, who I'm the most proud to be related to. And so the idea that that's something that I have to defend is, for lack of a better word, gross.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. It is gross.
0: Yeah. I think I have been a little bit uh, rabid about just shutting people down when they're trying to sort of figure out why I don't seem so black to them. That's when I'm going to kind of be like... No, I'm just black. I'm not even going to, like, give you a clue. You're like, but what's going on with your – no, don't worry about that. (laughs) Don't worry that I say vitamins. Don't worry about it. Like, all you need to worry about is that I am black and you shouldn't be saying this shit to me. And also, that's a, like, messed up thing to say. Like – It is. It's crazy. Like, I would never say that in reverse. It's like, oh, well – I don't even want to say the offensive things I could say. But just, like (laughs) – something that is like I don't even want to perpetuate saying bad things about any race. Like but let's say that I said something that we all consider to be like not great about white people. And then I was like, "But you don't do that at all." Like, do you do you want to put that in your pipe and smoke it? No, you don't. And so I don't want that either. I don't want it to be like something that I actually like about myself and part of my identity to be talked about like it's an in spite of, like something to overcome, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely that's something that I experience um as a writer, um, the way that people react to my writing is often like um, as though it's amazing that I even speak English, <laughs> which is like such an interesting, like it, it so like it's so crazy to me because I have written, I have been a writer since I was three years old. Words have always been my passion. We started reading so early. I started reading at the two or three and and this has always been an obsession for me. And so like, it, it they don't come out and say it Outright, mm-hmm. but like, sort of the surprise that I, first of all, have good grammar. It just, it's just like really, I mean, shocking that is some audacity me. for Americans. <laughs> I don't mind saying it because, like, Americans, I'm sorry you're illiterate
0: as shit. Like, and I know that the school system is suffering here. I don't care, Ned. You're giving me that face of like, don't say that. Like, I, it's just true. The grammar here is trash. Like, it's trash. People do not know how to write. There's a difference between like, I'm not a writer. I'm just saying straight up grammar. Like, I'm saying using up like commas you know, and capitalizing and like not thinking supposedly as a word, like that's not great here. And I'm not saying that's a, that makes this country a bad country. I'm I just think it's an area that's really funny for me to hear people be like, oh, I can't believe you have such great grammar knowing you came from Africa or you came from wherever. Like this or is- Or you speak such good English. I'm like, everyone in
1: Ghana speaks really good English. And like, you don't.
0: <laughs> like you don't. You say dranken. You say drinking and you're, te- you're complimenting me on speaking good English. My dad, English was his second or maybe 17th language, considering <laughs> other cultural languages and French that are in West Africa. And he spoke impeccable English. Yeah. And so did all the people that I grew up with abroad. And so this idea that like, uh, yeah, you get that speech of like, oh, I'm just like, you're so articulate. That's the one that I get a lot. Like, you're so articulate with all this surprise. Why in the hell shouldn't I be articulate?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the reason that I was giving you the look is that the... Just the, um, <laughs> um, because I called the, all of Americans illiterate? Yeah. So the working for social justice side of me is like, and I know that you know this, um, but I feel it's important to say, is that... Um, this the education system here is really inequitable, and so and it is in most places in the world. And so for us, we did have access. You know, this is a privilege that we no, had. We I had access to the that school. I absolutely. Oh, I know. know that. I know that you know that. I just want to say it out loud because I just want to make clear to whoever is listening that we we yeah. acknowledge that and are aware of that privilege. Um, I
0: have no issues with anybody having. Um, the experience they had at the school they had. And I understand the social constructs that caused that. And I understand the fact that like teachers are underpaid. There's a teach for test. I understand all of that. I have no qualms with the fact that when I went to college, they had to have side classes to teach people on weekends grammar in my college. No issues so far. I have an issue with these same people coming to me yeah. and trying to give me a gold medal for being able to speak English properly because I'm yeah, black.
1: Yeah, totally. That is my issue. No, yeah. I, I think we're in complete agreement here. Yeah. I just wanted to say it out loud no, because sometimes you just assume that, like, yeah. everybody understands that we know these things. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. It's important to clarify. I do not blame anybody
0: for however they came about their grammar. I just would like to maybe have them consider... That it's not surprising that a black person person can speak well. Yes, (laughs) yes. All the people who said that about Obama, why the hell shouldn't he? He's college educated. Uh, Why are you surprised? Yeah. I mean, just think about what it actually means to say a thing like
1: that. Yeah. Uh, 100% agree. So do you have a go-to thing that you say? No. It really – it really changes it changes yeah. every time it just it depends on my mood and how much i want to go into it and who the person is and will i ever see them again and in what context am i meeting them mm-hmm. and you know sometimes i have to say that i I think about it in terms of like, well, what are they actually asking me? And then I'll respond to the question I think they're asking. So yeah. if I get the sense that they're trying to figure out what my ethnic background is, then generally I'll like say... Like why you
0: look the way you look. Yeah,
1: then generally I'll just say I'm half Ghanaian, half Armenian. If mm-hmm. if I get the sense that they're... Uh, what the question is, is like, where did you grow up? Then I might say, you know, I moved every three years or mm-hmm. father worked for the UN. So it really just... Depends. It so depends. Yeah. Like I think there are many people who just ask me and they,
0: they're just assuming they're asking what state I'm from, right? Yeah. And then there's many people who are asking, and I think usually ethnic people are asking like to figure out why I have the skin color and the hair that I have. And like that's easy to explain and I'm not really trying to be withholding. And then there's some other people are trying to figure out why I speak English <laughs> <laughs> as well as I do with the skin color I do. And those people get black every time. fuck. Black, black, black. <laughs> No further explanation. Yeah, definitely. All of that being said, I'd like to talk about
1: your book a little bit since it does sure. sort of explore these topics. Sure. Um, so first, I would say that it's um, it's actually a manuscript at this particular juncture. It hasn't been published, so you know, it's- in my mind, it has like an Oprah's Book Club <laughs> stamp on it. So um, yeah, it's very much a work in progress. I'm still editing, and and um, I've started sort of. Uh, thinking about getting it out into the world and starting to try and um, connect with agents and publishers. But um, it is, uh, it was my MFA thesis, I just graduated from a MFA program. Um, And it is actually a um, genre bending work of nonfiction. Um, It's a collection of um, lyrical essays that also could work as a memoir. Um, but exploring notions, current notions of identity, um, through the lens of, you know, the way that we grew up, um, and also, um, kind of, uh, digging into where our, uh, current idea of what it is to be a person and, and, uh, what makes a person mm-hmm. um, through uh, history and philosophy and religion and anthropology um, so I pull from a lot of unexpected sources um, I look at scientific studies on monkeys I look at um, Jean-jacques oh, wow. Rousseau I look at uh, Audrey Lord and Kim Kardashian uh, <laughs> Kim Kardashian does not appear um, I mean, but the I Armenian do in country women? I did, uh, rather than Kim Kardashian, I did um, do a lot of research on the Armenian genocide and uh, work yeah. to understand our own family's history and the path that they took to come to America. Um, I mean, well, fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, um, it's sort of an exploration of all of the things that we're talking about today. But So the format is maybe like David Sedaris-E No, no, no.
0: Um, I say no, like vignettes. I'm trying to figure out like how it's written.
1: Um, so it's um, it's very much linked essays, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, they vary in length. Some of them are very lyrical. Some of them are very research heavy, which is why I say it's sort of genre bending. It's um, uh, uh, an unusual a uh, book but i i have been seeing a I lot like an of unusual books yeah i've been seeing a lot of books lately that i'm really excited about um, like uh, the Argonauts, Maggie Nelson's book, which really explores notions of gender and family and relationships um, in, a, in a sort of like uh, way that weaves cultural criticism with memoir um, in a very interesting way. Or Lydia Yaknovich's um, memoir uh, uh, is also another mm. sort of genre bending. About, like
0: Tinsley Mortimer's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, um. Or like um, Yolanda Hadid. Believe me, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> derailing because I don't know who these people are. But, um, but yeah, there, there, there's there is right now a moment in which people are playing with genre, playing with structure. Even in TV.
0: I do like the fact there've been a lot of uh, episodes. I'm not going to mention reality TV again. <laughs> um, but, like, say of uh, what is the with Childish Gambino guy with Donald Glover's show Atlanta mm-hmm. how like there's some episodes that are not necessarily story driven right. they're just like sort of moment in, yeah. like I think even yeah. Lena Dunham had one of those episodes of Girls um, yeah. that was just, like, not serving the storyline necessarily, but was describing a, <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> it was describing a theme she was grappling with. And I respected the fact that she didn't feel locked to the genre right. and locked to the story, like, that she could just do something because she felt like doing it. And the same with Donald Glover. So right. I am excited and appreciate that idea. That sounds... Cool. I said, man, want to read? Hey. So, um, since you wrote a book about it, so
1: what? What is the answer? <laughs> um, I well, I, I think the book has no answers. It poses a lot of questions. Um, and I, I think that probably I will be writing some version of those essays and stories for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, which actually, you know, although um, when I was younger was like a very confusing thing is now a really exciting thing because mm-hmm. um, it. it our family is so rich with, um, different histories and cultures. And, um, it, it has been really fascinating to dig into, um, all of the magic and, um, you know, uh, political events and, um, cultural events that had to happen to make us Mm -hmm. people. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that I have those questions to wrestle with for the rest of my life.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like it definitely a fun fodder, you know, for yeah. fiction and also just like life. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, I'm joking. There's no answer. Um, <laughs> I I haven't necessarily even come to a place of happily no answer. You know, I, I think that I would like to feel a little bit more... Um, not just me. I would like for my experience and experiences similar to feel more like a narrative that is known yeah. and doesn't require as much explanation as it does at yeah. times.
1: Which I think is why the writing about our experience and the experience of people like us is so important to me because, you know, I think I, I after Obama became president, I think there was this moment... Um, where everybody was sort of aware that there were people like us in the world suddenly, yeah. and it was so shocking and like how surprising his mm-hmm. background was to people because it's so familiar to us. I mean, it was a relief
0: when we found out that he was actually just like born in Kenya, so <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. We're just like, oh, yeah. he's just some like weird Muslim guy that was born in Kenya. I but mean, that's thank a perfect
1: Trump telling us that. Yeah, that is a perfect example of the ways that the world tries to define you. Yeah, you know, like that is that is that on crack you know the, the, the sort of Obama g- like born in Kenya and is he a Muslim and like this is what he's a socialist and all of these things it's like all of these white people felt like they had the right to define this man and right. no matter what he said about who he was and how he sees himself it didn't matter and so that was just right and if they have like a Christian name we're not like oh so like you led a crusade
0: with children right <laughs> so it just it's really interesting that you can just take a last name and tack all of this sort of peppered history and narrative on someone, you know, which I I think is what they did to him. I mean, we have sisters, -sisters, half-sisters, we don't consider them that, but that's what it is biologically, who have the name Abdullah as their last name. We're related. We're the same people, right? (laughs) But, like, if they ever ran for president, someone's going to be like, are they Muslim? Like. (laughs) I mean, only as Muslim as me, which is not really at all. You know, like, their dad was Muslim. Well, like, and also, like,
1: and so what if they were?
0: <laughs> I, why would it even be a negative thing, right? Yeah. But I just think even just the assumption of a whole culture and construct, why would that not just be something yeah. you find out well, in and, real time? And this
1: idea that, that you get to decide what someone is or isn't is just... Yeah, that yeah, is, I've never heard a Polish name and thought about this someone being
0: communist, right? It's so
1: shocking um, how... What kind of privilege you have to have to think that you get to define what another person is, or where they're from, or what their life experience is, Clearly and we tell don't them have it. not only define, but when they tell you that it's not true, that you feel like you get to argue with them. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I mean, I've even had for in positive ways my own uh, ethnicity or cultural like. Um, identity been explained back to me with a well actually you know like that has happened many times where I'm like oh well you yeah, know my dad's from Ghana you know Ghana was the first country to ever get independence I'm like
1: oh really like yeah. thank you well that's even the best of it the worst of it is when you're like oh sometimes I'll just say Africa because I know the person doesn't know the countries anyway um, and then they'll proceed to tell you about all of the famine and disasters and wars that oh, they that's always the first just thing. sort of peripherally know about Yeah. Well, you <laughs> or they'll tell you about, about being ravaged by AIDS. Yeah. Or they'll tell you about the the time that their father went on safari and you're like, great. Or like their father <laughs> went on safari and like something bad happens,
0: right? <laughs> and you're just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I've never, like, I'm sorry that ha- I feel like I have to apologize. Yeah. just like, yeah, you know, it was really, really bad. Like, you know, I got dysentery and I'm just like. I mean, I don't care. Like, I don't tell you every time I go to Chipotle and I get diarrhea, do I? Like, I don't tell you, like, a p- first person that I meet that's, like, American born and raised. I'm not like, well, the police brutality, though. Like, yeah. that's not the first thing I say, right? So it's, it's really weird the first thing people sa- say. The first thing people say to me often is, like, isn't it sad how it's ravaged by AIDS?
1: Yeah. It's always AIDS or elephants, it's like one of the two this things. This is Africa. They either Aids want to talk to you about disease or they want to ask you about animals. And, like, yeah. either way, you have to break it to them that you're an expert in neither. <laughs> like, I haven't had like... a whole lot of experience with
0: elephants. <laughs> limited. As limited as yours. I've been on as many saf- safaris and been to as many zoos as you have. Like, <laughs> yeah. other than that, I lived in cities um, or villages that had no elephants running through them 24 right. 7. And um, I have not personally had AIDS. <laughs> And I know there's lots of people that have AIDS in America,
1: and AIDS is serious. I, I just don't even know we're talking about it. No, like yeah. This. I mean, it's just a strange thing to say to someone, it's like, right off the bat about Tourette's-y. where they're from. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit tourettes and crazy. Like, oh, you're from Africa? AIDS. <laughs> I mean,
0: I just can't imagine. There was imagine. that woman,
1: that woman, um, the, the PR woman who got on a plane to South Africa, and she <gasps> said... <laughs> <laughs> oh, remind she, me he was this pr this woman got who worked in pr fired. so she should have known better but she was getting on a plane in africa and i think she tweeted something like i hope i don't get aids mm-hmm. going to africa and then and then she got fired and then she got <laughs> from, but it was like it wasn't only i hope i don't get aids it was something about like i'm white and oh yeah, so yeah I no no, no. <laughs> yes she was like i hope i don't get aids just kidding i'm white yeah yeah exactly and so um yeah that, that is
0: famously, to, like, only only black people get AIDS. I mean, the whole, like, 80s New York thing never happened. Yeah. I mean, and also the stigma thing, too. It's like, as I'm saying this, I'm like, it's like when I was talking about being Muslim. It's like, what's wrong with being Muslim? And I'm like, what's wrong with getting autoimmune disease? <laughs> like, this doesn't make you an immoral person getting, an, um, like, an autoimmune disease. Like, it just, it sounds like such othering. It's gross. Like, you're well, gross. Well, it's
1: also a strange thing to say on Twitter, because what are you planning on doing in Africa? <laughs> Maybe she does have questionable morals. She's like, I was
0: planning on having unprotected sex throughout the Savannah. Yeah, like, what but thank doing? God I won't get AIDS because I'm white. Yeah.
1: It's such a strange, like, I don't know. I can't even explain it. All I, yeah. I can explain <laughs> is that I understand why her boss was like, maybe not.
0: <laughs> He's like, I don't really know what she's saying or trying to do, but I'm pretty sure that this is not going to work for my company. <laughs> Sometimes the right thing happens. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I guess. Yeah, I, it, I feel like most of these podcasts end with me being like, yeah, the questions are still there. I love to discuss them. I don't necessarily think I have a clear-cut feeling about how ambiguous I still feel in terms of cultural identity. Not that I feel ambiguous, but how ambiguous it is most of the problem is what's being received, mm-hmm. not how I'm feeling about expressing it. It's there's so much muddy um shit with racism and xenophobia and like, you know, social constructs that just it just paints it too much, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I I agree. I'm not in a place where I'm like this is super clear to me and I feel really great about it all the time, like being so um, uh, difficult to define, I guess. Um, There are days when, you know, I'm really frustrated at how um, I feel constantly like I don't really connect in the same way as others do to Mm -hmm. a particular place. um, Because that's, something that is expected. You know, when someone asks, like, where home is, that's a really actually complicated question for me. And sometimes,
0: um,
1: you know, I think about that. Um, And also um, I think that there are ways that because um, ethnicity and race and uh, culture um, have uh, become um, uh, sort of some sort of – way of assigning um, rights and privileges and those sorts of things Um, there is many of us carry what you know Falakuti Kuti called colonial mentality which is that we have internalized um, some of these notions of who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to connect or not connect to um, our own um, identities Um, and so that is something that I definitely continue to Mm -hmm. wrestle with
0: no. Yeah. And I feel like even in my rejection of that, it it's painted, right? It's painted by all of that colonial shit because I think it's almost like a rebellious teenager. I think the more that it's like, oh, I have so much privilege and I have so much access compared to so many people with my skin color. I can kind of be like, fuck that. I'm not going to try to assimilate at all. I'm going to be like fucking Kunta Kente up in this bitch, <laughs> which I think is like what I kind of have tried to take on to some extent where I'm like, I'm going to start wearing shirts that say very black because, like, this is what needs air. This is what needs support. This is what needs people to be proud of.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, but then it's also, I, but I it's totally a response. agree. It's still it a response. is a response. Um, and we're also responding to on the other side, you know, I, I have very clear memories of being in Ghana. And, you know, people would ask, Where are you from? And, and I was always taught to say that I'm Ghanaian. And so that's mm-hmm. what I would say. And then people would be like, No, you're not. Um, and yeah. and it's similarly like that more I think even than like white people defining who I am w- wounded me because I so wanted to belong yeah um, and so you kind of get it from from all sides all sides well I definitely um, remember because our my
0: stepmother was Tanzanian <laughs> I mean she's light skin whatever but like she, she looked African I mean she's African right and our dad was um, like sub-Saharan so darker African also but like they, I mean, we didn't go around telling everybody she's our stepmother twenty four seven. That's not what you do to strangers, right? <laughs> Hi, welcome to this restaurant. She's our stepmother. <laughs> so, like, we went in places. People would kind of be like, "What? Well, where are you? Where, you know? Where? What is your mom from?" And like, we just kind of be like, "Oh, we're from Ghana and Tanzania." And they'd be like, "That's not your mom, or that's not your dad, or something's up, right?" <laughs>
1: and uh, which is such a weird thing to say to a child. Like, so if I rude. tell you this is my father, it's my father. I, I remember it. It's on aggressive. The- yeah, it's so rude. Like. <laughs> I don't know that that would happen in America. No. Well, it did happen. And I I will tell you this story. I don't know if I ever told you this. but That happened um, to me in Uganda. We were visiting um, our mother in Massachusetts once when I was, I don't know, probably like seven, eight. I can't remember exactly. But I was playing in the backyard with our cousin who is white and some other kids from the neighborhood. And this man popped his head over the... um, the fence and said to our mom who you know is white in america let's just say she's armenian but white in america yeah um and so this man says to our mom oh hey um me and my wife are thinking about adopting kids from Ethiopia and so I just wanted to talk to you about that and my mom was like wait what and he was like yeah like I mean how was the process for you and she was sort of like uh no I just married an African man and this is my like I gave birth to this child
0: That is so much assumption. I mean, yeah. just that this
1: person- And Ethiopia,
0: like why like why I, did you decide that I, I was I mean, from you could look vaguely Ethiopian, but I'm just amazed <laughs> that like, I'm sure this guy's experience with Ethiopia is very limited. So no, for him it was to think that it was
1: he 100% the, knew what an Ethiopian looked well, like. Well, it was because it was in the early 90s, 80, late 80s, early 90s, and people were adopting, I guess it was in the late 80s. People were adopting kids from Ethiopia because, oh, of, because the of the famine. Oh, the the famine. Yeah. Got
0: it. So you are clearly a famine baby and that was totally okay to just guess. <laughs> to just guess. Got yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, if my mom wasn't aware that this was just like
1: complete fuckery, it would be funny to watch her try to figure out why he wanted to talk to her about it. Oh, no. She was so sassy about it. She was like, no, I just married an African man. Like she she was and like, like. That's just
0: what came out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a famine Ethiopian
0: baby. That was the process, I guess. Yeah, so I guess that is what I'm saying. I mean, not obviously that I'm a family Ethiopian baby. (laughs) What I'm saying is I think even in my found responses and found... I guess, comfort level with describing my cultural identity in certain circumstances and, you know, feeling overall completely reconciled and proud of who I am, it's still all a response to some bullshit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's still a little bit of, like, people trying to figure you out to categorize you in terms of how badly or well they should treat you is still, like, wicked gross, bro. Yeah, totally gross. Yeah. It would be – Better if, it would be better if um, they didn't need to know so badly what you were. Like, it would just be fine that you were human, you know, like that they didn't care about Harambi more. Anyway, with that, we <laughs> should get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a get the fuck out moment, Nad? Um, yes. And can I explain to you that this is not a come to Jesus kumbaya moment? Because many people with big hearts like yours who help Social change don't like to just rant, but that's what it is. It's called "get the fuck out, Charlie." It's not called "and then we'll find a way to all work together."
1: So got it. Um, well, there, fortunately, it what I'm going to say, I have not found a solution to. So um, oh, perfect. Okay, I, there's okay, not going to be any sort of "come to Jesus." They're moment. all going to just get the fuck out. Yeah, good. So actually, it's about working, um, sort of in the so- social change um, world. I actually work for a foundation, and often. Um, I'll be in meetings um, with, you know, different groups. Uh, I also do some organizing and, you know, we'll be talking about um, what we need to do for black communities. And um, I have also been in meetings in which we talk about what we need to do, you know, in terms of the resistance against Trump. Or I've been in meetings that are about the environment. You know, like I I care a lot about a lot of issues. But any time I'm in a meeting that is about... Um, specifically black communities, and even more specifically, boys and men of color, somebody, and by somebody, I mean a white person, will say, what about this group? Or what about that group? Mm -hmm. Or why don't we care about these people? And there are poor white people too. And it's like, yes, all of those things are true. And in one meeting, somebody actually was like, what about the whales? Not the whales. Nobody is. That's so heretical. Nobody is saying that you can't care about the whales. Nobody is saying that you can't care about poor white people. I care about the whales and I care about poor white people. What we're talking about Ish, right now. I care. <laughs> what we're talking about right now, right this moment, is people of color and black people specifically. So and stop so, deflecting. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. It's with that. work avoidance. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. I mean, if you put that in any other situation, like someone is like. My house caught on fire. It's like, well, what about how slow the mail is? Like, it just, you just don't do that. Like, we need to talk about this problem now. I mean, all kinds of couples break up for this reason because, like, you bring up a grievance. And they're like, in 1962, this happened to me.
1: Yeah. Like, it's like, true. Let's stay on all task. Of the, all of these things can be true. That is now what we're talking about. And so now my friends and I actually, um, we call it a what about the whales moment. When somebody does that. That's your shorthand. Yeah. What about the whales?
0: (laughs) So if someone is like, we killed every Native American that we could get our hands on, and someone is like, there are people in Appalachia that don't have running water. Exactly. What about the whales? (laughs) Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. That's a good one. That was not kumbaya, but it was in a way, you know, (laughs) but you didn't have to say kumbaya, I think. Anyway, moving on. I have my own get the fuck out moment. Mine are always so, like, inane compared to everyone else. Like, I think people, like, think very hard. Mine is, I don't like people say, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, (laughs) that is the most annoying phrase to me. I mean, not the most annoying. I'm going to come up with, like, 5,000 more if I have this podcast 5,000 more times. But it's very annoying. It's something that when you're kind of venting about something, people will sort of say. um, It's almost like saying, that's funny. If you're not going to laugh... Let's not give these words to like how something's funny. And if like you have nothing to say, you should be saying nothing. You shouldn't be saying, I don't have anything to say. Like that shit just annoys me. Like there are many things that you could say that kind of convey this idea that you're, it's too draining. You don't necessarily want to get into this conversation that are along the lines of,
1: oh, well, I wish I could help, you know, but – well, I don't know what to tell you. I think when people say it, it usually means I don't give a shit about what you're saying and so like I'm leaving the conversation. That's but how it. But they don't want to actually say that. So they say, I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, and and it it's gives a bullshit it a response. Yeah, yeah, it gives a it bullshit a pass response. of like you should just have to be like you should have to say the actual words you mean, which is like Literally, like, my brain's – I'm just too too tired to even, like, get into this. We're like, oh, like, dude, like, I'm sorry. I, I just, you know. Or
1: I just don't agree, which I think yeah.
0: often is what they actually
1: mean. Like, I don't – I, I
0: just don't agree
1: with yeah. you. Yeah, or even,
0: like, stop fucking whining. Whatever. <laughs> like, anything would be more honest and more fair than I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, definitely. like that. there's just so much, like, belittling in that phrase, too. It's like, well, you just can't be helped, you know. It's just – If you are feeling sympathetic and you say that because you don't have the right words to say, it sounds callous. If you are completely disinterested, it sounds hopeful that you maybe wish you had. It's just dishonest on every side. Right. Stop saying I don't know what to tell you. It's like literally the worst. Get the fuck out of here. Like get the fuck (laughs) out of here. Go fucking hug Harambe. Fucking bye. Anyway, (laughs) it's been great talking to you, sis. You too. All right. the music. The Charlie music.